0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Some People Call That Jesus. We're going to be looking at a very important topic today um, about freedom. And really the comparison that I'm going to be looking at, and something that I've been studying as of late, is looking at freedom in terms of what God has offered to us, and freedom in terms of what the world has offered to us. And obviously, like normal, we'll be looking through the lens of the Bible itself, explaining each of those, but uh, I think there's some pretty common attitudes and mentalities I've certainly had before related to freedom and what God offers versus what the world offers and things like that, that hopefully we can shed some light on today and get some insight on today so that we have the correct perspective on what is being offered to us, as this is key for really the human existence and applies to us as Christians and non-Christians alike, the categories we'll be talking about today. So this is kind of the premise of it, or here's the, the the deception, I call it, or the mindset I used to have in different ways, and I think it's pretty prevalent, sometimes even among Christians. And it's really this, that the world, worldly living, and this is sometimes what it's called on the Christian side, but a, a wild, worldly life, that's what freedom is. There's many things to do, partying, whatever kind of label that you want to put with it, but what the world offers, that's freedom. But it can be reckless, and it can be dangerous, and it's not good. And, but a Christian life over here is one of restrictions and do's and don'ts, um, which obviously the Bible instructs us on what to do and what not to do, but really that's the contrast here. Here's the world. It's not Lifestyles you shouldn't do because they're not good, just kind of quote-unquote, they're bad, but it's, it's freedom, you do whatever you want, that's kind of free living. And the Christian life's one of restrictions, but that's what makes you good. And again, we're kind of be breaking that down truly in the light of what the Bible says and correcting that mentality a bit, because that's what I had. Not that I was tempted to do everything or anything like that, but it was typically seen, no, the world's bad, you shouldn't do that, but that's really, that's free living. This is more restrictive, but I'm supposed to be good. That's really the quote I come back to and I feel like is in many people's minds because not only was it in my own, but people I knew, conversations I had in the past years ago in college and things like that, it it was decently common amongst at least the people that I knew. Christian people, youth, young, college age, younger, that, you know, that's, oh, that's fun to go do, but I'm supposed to be good. We're Christians, we're supposed to be good, we're supposed to say no to that, and yes to these good things. It was just this generic good versus bad situation in lifestyles, but is what the world offers really freedom? Is that really free living, although it has some negative consequences, I'm speaking in terms of the old attitude I used to have, and is the Christian life what is good about it, so to speak? What does God offer, and is it really a life of restrictions, or is there any freedom there? So we're going to set the record straight today and hopefully spark some new information for you to continue your own study and your own reflection on how you see life and its different options in the Bible versus what the world offers. So first we're going to look at, and comparing these two, God versus the world in terms of freedom that they offer, and how is earthly life characterized? According to the Bible, of course. And the main verse we're looking at for this is Philippians chapter 3. So in the New Testament, Philippians 3, verses 18 and 19. We're going to be looking at what the Bible says here about the life that the world has offered. And you might think that this is, a, this is an oversimplification or too generalized to every type of lifestyle that is out there, but if the Bible is the truth and shows us the reality of things, we need to see how every other path outside of the one God has chosen for us, how it's characterized as. And I really think that any other lifestyle, any other choice of living outside of the life offered through Jesus falls under this kind of characterization or description. And here's what it is. Philippians 3, verses 18 and 19. And verse 18 says this. For, as I have often told you before, and now say again to you with many tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Verse 19, their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. Now, just breaking that down for a minute, again, this characterization of earthly life or the option that the world offers, really any other path this is it. If Jesus is the one way to salvation and the true life after this one, here's what the Bible says. Any other path, what the world offers you, the destiny or the end of it is destruction, no matter what. There's a million variations that the world offers you, a million ways to sin, honestly, it seems like, but they all end in destruction. Also, what goes on to say, their God is their stomach, or people, their own desires, their own passions is what drives them, is what they submit to, is what they follow again, their God is their stomach. Their own desires rule your life and take you where they want to go, as opposed to where you should be going. And again, apart from God who calls you to deny yourself and to follow Jesus, even the Apostle Paul goes as far as to say, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You're living your life for God, not for the old way of life that died when you accepted Jesus. But the rest of the world, it's you pursuing your own truth your own desires, your own passions, whatever they may be, if it's what you feel and what, what you want to do, then it's right. Which again creates a million different truths and a million different ways to live your life. But the Bible says here, the end in destruction, those desires will rule over you. And then also your, their glory is in their shame. So the things that the Bible calls shameful, the things that the Bible calls us away from, you see that when you're living opposed to what God has called us to, that's what we have fun with, and celebrate, and take pride in, and all these things like that. Um, So often our own desires that are leading us to that destruction, that's what we have fun with and celebrate when the Bible warns us against them. And here's really the key of it also. Their mind is on earthly things, verse 19 ends with. Because the Bible calls us in Romans chapter 8 that we should set our minds on the things of the Spirit. And he says if you do that, you will naturally begin to follow after the Spirit. But if you set your mind on earthly things, or things of the flesh, or things of the sinful nature and its desires, you will naturally follow after that. So he said, you go on this path of destruction, you become subject to your own desires, you begin glorying in these shameful things when your mind is focused solely on these earthly things, you will naturally follow after. So this is the characterization of earthly life and all the options of the earth summarized into one, according to Philippians chapter three here. And to take it a little bit further to understand this dynamic or really what the life is like apart from Christ, we go over a little bit back in the New Testament to Romans. And Romans chapter 6, we're specifically looking at what is the dynamic of the relationship that someone has with sin. Because when you accept Jesus, you're freed from that sin and given power to not go back to it again. But before you have that power, before you have that freedom from accepting Jesus, what is that life in sin characterized as? And it's Romans 6, verse 20 that I'm reading from, and it says, When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. Before we read further, I just want to highlight that part. It says here that the one relationship dynamic that you have with sin is slave and master. Sin, the force of sin, the, the nature of sin, whatever you want to call it, is the master and you're the slave. It says each person, before you are rescued by accepting Jesus from that situation, The only dynamic and relationship you ever have with sin is slave and master. And obviously slavery is quite literally the opposite of freedom. So when we're looking at this characteristics of the world and the life that it offers apart from God, it says you're trapped in sin and you have no way to be free from that force. And it will always be master over you and a slave. And a slave is forced to do the work, forced to do the labor, forced into bondage, not by choice of their, um, their own, And that's really what it is. As humans, we're born into the sinful nature. We're born into sin. That's why it's so tragic. That's why we need rescuing so bad. And it's one of the main reasons why God, in His love and mercy, offers that rescue freely to every single person. Because of what Adam and Eve did back in the garden, we inherited sin and are born into it the moment we're born. But then we go on making our own choices as well that take us further into sin. But still, when you're born into it at no fault of your own, You need mercy and grace to be free from that. You need someone that can step in and help you. Because if you're born into it, it's really the only life that you know. Until the light of the truth comes, until the truth of the Bible makes you aware of the life everyone apart from God is living, you don't really realize the situation you're in. You don't really realize the bondage that you're in. But as soon as you see, oh, this is not the way my life is supposed to go, or this is not the life I'm supposed to live. I'm supposed to be freed from this and live a life to God that's defined by freedom, which we'll get into in a minute. But as long as I have a relationship with sin, that dynamic, I will always be a slave. And again, it's Romans 6:20. and verse 21 says, What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. Exactly what it was saying in Philippians. Sometimes you don't realize the shame that's in those things and that life that you're living in sin when you're a slave because you don't know any better. But once you come out of that, once you've experienced the truth, and especially once you've accepted it, you come out of that situation, you come out of that life into a new one, and you look back and see, wow, I really am ashamed of those things that I used to have fun in and that I used to celebrate. And most importantly, Paul is saying here in Romans 6.21 that those things result in death. As it said, the destiny is destruction for people living this way in Philippians. Those things result in death. Why would you ever want to pursue them, live in them, or celebrate them? Don't you want to live? Don't you want others to live as well? So it's kind of this realization sometimes that you might not fully get until you've accepted the truth and come out of that situation and come out of that old life where you were a slave that you look back and see, wow, I was headed down a very terrible path even when I didn't realize it. And it was really a life of shame and I gloried in it rather than a life of what God has called me to, or I wouldn't have to be ashamed of anything I did or how I lived. So that's very important, and that's our characterization here of the earthly life. Now we'll switch a bit and look at how's a life with God characterized? Because again, this episode, we've created a versus situation. God offers a freedom, what does it look like? The world offers a freedom, quote unquote, a deception of freedom, what did that look like? So now we shift to see what has God offered us and what does that characteristic look like? So go to Galatians here in the New Testament, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. And this verse always sticks with me, and I've gone into it more lately as well. It seems to always, um, God seems to always unveil new layers of understanding when I go back to this. And it says, Galatians 5, verse 1, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Again, staying on the exact same topic that we're talking about. But I love there, it's for the purpose of freedom, living in freedom, having all the choices to make that God has set you free. And he says, stand firm then. Be very careful not to let yourself go back to that slavery that you have been rescued from, that Christ paid his life to get you out of. Be very careful to live in your freedom and don't go back to slavery. So one thing is that how's the life with God characterized? It's liberty. And we dive a little bit more into that. You are free to make these choices and you're not forced by sin and Satan anymore. Continuing on that a few pages back, really 2 Corinthians 3.17, another key verse that you maybe have even heard before. The 2 Corinthians 3.17 says this, it says, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Again, erasing any doubt in your mind that a life with God is restrictions in a way but more of that his very spirit where his spirit is present that's where freedom is and again we know that when you accept christ the holy spirit comes to live in you and to have a relationship with you so if the holy spirit is in you you have the means you have the power to remain free and not let anything else of the former life come to make you a slave again i like putting it this way that that really helps with my own understanding is that the spirit that has made you free is the spirit that keeps you free Essentially, when you accepted Jesus into your life, it was the power of the Holy Spirit that broke the force of sin and Satan over you made you free. But then you also need to continue in that relationship with him and following him if you want to maintain your freedom. Now here's something important to understand. We're going to get into two practical takeaways here to wrap up this episode. But I want to lead in with this thought here as we just characterized the earthly life offered in its freedom and the godly life offered in its freedom, is that once you're set free in Christ, you really do have the choice to do whatever you want. You may think, well, as a Christian, you know, there's do's and don'ts, there's rights and wrongs. I can't do whatever I want. You can do whatever you want. Can meaning you have the ability to make whatever choice you want. And here's why, because one, God's the one who made you free. And we just read in his word that he made you free for the purpose of living in freedom, of living in liberty. But also, God doesn't violate our free will. He designed us with the free will he wants us to be willing he wants us to make our own choices to willingly be in the relationship with him so he's not going to force our hand because it violates who he is and how he made us so one is that when you're in freedom god won't force you and we just talked about through the power of the holy spirit through what the cross did jesus on the cross did for us to set us free and forgive our sins that sin and satan both of those forces cannot force your hand anymore cannot dominate you anymore. So truly freedom, as I picture you almost, you're not in a neutral ground, you've accepted Christ, but God won't force you and sin and Satan can't force you. You really can or have the ability to make any decision you want. But the important note is, is that you still have all the applicable consequences. You can never escape the consequences of it. You can just as easily choose good as you can evil. That's the point of freedom, you have the choices, but as Galatians 5, one says, Don't go back to a burden and a yoke of slavery or bondage. Meaning if you choose evil, you suffer the consequences of it. If you choose good, you get the positive consequences of it. So I want you to, as we go to these practical takeaways, remember you have freedom. No one can force your hand anymore, and God won't force your hand. But you still have to deal with the consequences. So don't use your freedom for the wrong thing, which we're about to look at. So the final two practical takeaways. One is that uh, only Jesus offers rescue— from the dominion of darkness and into a place of freedom. And to support that thought, Colossians chapter one, verses 13 and 14, which are some favorite verses of mine because it's very encouraging. So Colossians one, 13 and 14 says this, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. It's only Jesus who ascended or descended, excuse me, into the darkness to rescue us to set us free from that bondage and to bring us into a kingdom of light and love, forgiveness, and freedom. The first takeaway, only Jesus offers that because he made the difference and he completed the mission for us to do that, which no one else has. And the second part is Galatians 5.13. So we go back to Galatians 5. And really the point is you have the choice, but don't use it for sin. And we'll see what it recommends instead. So Galatians 5.13 says this, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature or the flesh. Rather, serve one another in love. Again, he's saying, you have the choices here. He's talking to a Christian church in this, uh, the Galatian church. And they started in the spirit, but they've gone back to things of the flesh. And he says, no, you're going back to slavery and bondage. That's why I'm warning you of it. You have the choice here. You have the freedom, but don't use it to go back to the sinful nature. Don't make yourself a slave again by choice. Rather, do what God has called you to do. Serve one another in love and benefit one another. That's what God desires for us to do with our freedom and encourages us and empowers us to do so that we spread his character and likeness, not not following desires that take us away from the things that he has earned for us. So again, that's the freedom, God versus the world. The world really doesn't offer freedom. They just make the slave think that you're free and and distract you and occupy you, not realizing you are a slave this whole time. But God truly offers freedom and supports your freedom, but wants you to make the right choices that are in line with him and his character, since you now represent him and live a life for him. So thank you again for listening. I hope you learned something in this aspect of freedom and that you continue to study it further breaking old mentalities and attitudes that have kept you trapped, but also share it with friends and family as well if they are stuck in the cycle or they're living a life that really is one of slavery and you want them to be spiritually, mentally, emotionally free and live the life that God has called us to with freedom and choices for him. So thank you again for listening and I look forward to studying again with you next time.